Welcome back to the Talking About Podcast. I'm your host, T.W. Thank you so much, so much, so much for taking the time out of your day to check out this show. Real quick, before we get started, please like, comment, rate, and subscribe on whatever platform you are choosing to listen to this on, uh, whether it be on the YouTube. If you're on the YouTube, please go ahead and drop a comment below. If you on Spotify, you can drop comments. You can leave ratings. If you listen to this on Apple Podcasts, make sure you leave us a five-star rating in the comments. And go ahead and say something nice about your boy. Um... Like I said, I'm your host, TW, and I appreciate every single interaction, man. If you guys are dropping comments in the YouTube channel, um, you know, I try to respond to all the comments. Um, You know, I get back to you. If I don't get back to you right away, just give me a day or two. I will get back to each and every comment. Um, You can follow the show at Talking About Pod on Twitter. Um, You can follow me at TW Talking About. Tweet me. I tweet back. You know, I'm definitely down to get into conversations with everybody. Um, the most important thing you can do if you want to support the show is tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's bring more people into the conversation. Go ahead and drop this into a, a Reddit thread or somebody's Facebook comments or, you know, text it to a friend, email it to a friend. Like I said, let's bring more people into the conversation so we can all talk about these things that we enjoy together. Uh, on the show today... I'm going to talk about why your boy Big E might not be as dead as you thought he was after we all saw what happened to him at day one. I'm going to talk about how diversity became the most weaponized word in all of pro wrestling, pro wrestling it seems like. And um, I'm going to talk a little bit about some of the stuff that I'm watching and enjoying. Y'all ready? All right. So uh, let's get into it. First, we're gonna start with your with your boy Big E. So I I told you guys heading into uh, day one that I thought Big E's title run was in jeopardy. Now I wasn't necessarily wrong. I, I don't know why my producer played that song for me. I wasn't necessarily wrong. I, I was actually right because his title run was in jeopardy, but just not the way I thought. See, I noticed leading into that show that they were not telling Big E's story. They were telling stories of Seth Rollins. They were telling stories of Kevin Owens. They were telling stories of Bobby Lashley being a super dominant champion. And then the way it played out at the pay-per-view, we ended up getting... Bobby Lashley, you know, really dominating Brock Lesnar. Now, listen, the Brock Lesnar element to the story was obviously completely out of Big E's control. It was out of anybody's control. Nobody saw that coming. Nobody knew that's the way that was going to play out. But uh, once Brock Lesnar was added to the match, obviously WWE felt like they had to put the title on Brock. But from what we can see going forward, Brock is not getting away from Roman. They've still been having Brock involved with Roman and in this kind of love triangle situation going on with Paul Heyman. So I don't know that Brock is long for that WWE championship. Um, and it kind of looked like Biggie was getting pushed aside. I mean, when you look at the way they did the entrances, right? Biggie came out fourth out of five people. Like that's like right smack in the middle, like basically saying you're nobody. Then they had Brock come out last. Like the second Brock was added to that championship match, Big E became an afterthought. 
And that's trash. He wasn't an afterthought to me, but it appeared like he was clearly an afterthought to the folks up at Titan Towers. And when you look at the way the match played out with Big E eating the pin to Brock, you know, clean off one F5, you know, it just didn't, it did not look like they had big fan, big plans for Big E going forward. I think that's definitely how Big E was feeling after after the match. But, uh, but I mean, listen, I would not fault anybody who was upset at watching Big E take that pin because it, it brought back memories of Kofi Kingston taking that pin against Brock Lesnar on the debut episode of SmackDown on Fox. We all remember that, right? We all remember that, and that was super big trash. But... If you look at how it's played out since then, we see that the the WWE title story is pivoting to um, to Bobby Lashley versus Brock Lesnar, but they're also keeping Brock Lesnar focused on Roman Reigns. So that tells me that they are clearly coming back to Brock Lesnar versus Roman Reigns. But, but... A big thing happened if you are a fan of Big E this past week. They had Big E have a match against Seth Rollins, right? Which is good, which is good. And Big E lost, of course. <laughs> not of course, but Big E lost, and that was not good. But if you listen to the commentary, if you listen to what they were saying on commentary during the match, they talked a whole lot about is Big E still the same competitor? Did Big E lose his lose his juice, lose his uh, you know, lose his swag at at day one? They were saying a lot about how they do not think he's the same competitor that he was when he showed up at day one. Now, why does that matter? It matters because now they're actually telling Big E's story. So, if they're actually telling a story for Big E now, then that tells me that going into the Royal Rumble, we might get a lot more of a Big E-centric story, which means that Big E might not be done. He might not be done as a main eventer. He might not be done with the WWE title. I think it's a very real possibility that at day one, we could see something where Brock Lesnar has his match with Bobby Lashley, but the Usos get involved or Paul Heyman gets involved or Roman Reigns gets involved and Bobby Lashley actually defeats Brock Lesnar for the WWE Championship, which would be huge, right? That would be absolutely huge. And then we see Brock Lesnar maybe enter himself in the Royal Rumble Or we know that the Elimination Chamber is going to be the following month in Saudi Arabia. They'll probably put Brock Lesnar in that. But that still opens up a a spot because Bobby Lashley will need a WWE Championship challenger for WrestleMania. So who's it going to be? Who's it going to be? Well... If we're telling the story right now of if Big E can reclaim his big spot, then that looks like that 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 makes the opening right there, right? For Big E to win the Royal Rumble and challenge Bobby Lashley for 
the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. I'm telling you, I think it's possible. I don't think that Big E has to be out of it just yet. I think, you know, let's just hold off a little bit and see where this is going. Now, I'm not I'm not the let it play out guy, right? I'm not like, let's just take any crap finish and, oh, let it play out, let it play out, let it play out. Like, no, no, no. But I think there's certain ways to look at the story that WWE is telling. And, again, we can kind of, we can kind of, uh, project forward as to where it might be going. Now, there was a big conversation that I think needs to be had coming out of Biggie losing his title uh, at day one. So, so many people were like, oh no, this is actually good because Brock Lesnar is a much bigger star than Biggie and the title needs to be on a bigger star. And, you know, Biggie's run was, it wasn't very spectacular. There wasn't a whole lot going on. And, it, you know, it's good for the, the, the title needs to be on a star. And my thing is this. Yes, you're right. Brock Lesnar is a bigger star than, than Big E. Duh. Brock Lesnar is a huge star compared to Big E. But you got to ask yourself, why is Brock Lesnar a, a, a star? Why is he a bigger star than Big E? Is it because he's just so amazing? Like, like, like his aura shines through the TV and makes people watch? No. Brock Lesnar is a bigger star than Big E because he got to beat The Rock at SummerSlam in, what was that, 2001, 2002, right? He got to end The Undertaker's undefeated streak. He got to come back from his time at UFC and pummel uh, John Cena with the, with the, the 16 suplexes or whatever it was. He got to beat Roman Reigns at WrestleMania year after year after year. So we are conditioned to see Brock Lesnar as this unstoppable beast. Right? Same thing with Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns beat Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns beat The Undertaker. Roman Reigns beat Triple H. All these WrestleMania main events. People are big stars because the company wants you to see them as big stars. And they put them in position for you to see them as big stars. I just try to make sense, people. I just try to make sense. Okay, like let's let's this is not rocket science here. So when we have these conversations about who's a star and who's not a star and you know who deserves it, who doesn't deserve it, like y'all gotta understand these these things are by design, right? Like if WWE wanted you to see Big E as a star, they would have him beating people like Brock Lesnar, beating people like Roman Reigns. WWE did not treat Big E in a way to make you see him as a star. That's why you still don't see him as a star. I think there was one night on Monday Night Raw where he lost to Roman Reigns twice. I think there was like a six-man, and there was like a one-on-one, -on -one, and he, he got pinned by Roman Reigns twice. Then he got pinned by Roman Reigns at Survivor Series. And then he got pinned by Seth Rollins this past week. Like, he got pinned in the, in the day one main event. Like, you tell me a WWE champion who's been presented strongly, uh, 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 a John Cena, a Roman Reigns, a Brock Lesnar. Roman Reigns hasn't been pinned in two years. So you tell me somebody who they want you to see as strong that has been eating pins the way Big E has been eating pins. Come on, man. Come on. So I'm saying all that just to say, adjust your conversation. 
Okay, adjust your conversation. Don't say Biggie's not a star. You don't say he's not as big a star as Brock Lesnar. Say Biggie's not presented as a star as much as Brock Lesnar. Okay, because when you have these conversations as though something just is, right? Then, then you just you're you're miss you're 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 misreading the situation. Biggie has all the skills to be as big a star as Roman Reigns. Biggie has all the skills to be as big a star as Brock Lesnar, but they're just not putting him in position to do that. Okay? So if if you want Big E to be a bigger star, then we gotta see Big E winning some bigger matches. Bing bong. That's it. That's all we gotta do. We gotta see Big E beating Brock Lesnar. Bing bong. We gotta see Big E pinning Roman Reigns. Bing bong. Let Big E throw a bunch of people out of the Royal Rumble match. Bing bong. And then, maybe then, people will look at Big E as more of a credible challenger come WrestleMania, okay? I mean, like, listen, Bobby Lashley has been presented very strongly, okay? I think Bobby Lashley actually has been presented on a level where nobody would flinch or bat an eye if you saw Lashley beat Lesnar or even if you saw Lashley beat Roman Reigns. Bobby Lashley actually has beaten Roman Reigns on television before. So it really would not be that big a deal if he did it because we've seen him do it. But when we talk about this brother, Big E, and I want to say something else, too. Uh, my man, Brian H. Waters, you know what I mean? One of the one of the, the best wrestling minds in all of the wrestling podcast spheres out here. He made a great point on the Mac Mania podcast. If y'all haven't checked out the Mac Mania podcast, it's available on, you know, on the Ringer podcast network on Spotify. Everybody go ahead and check that out. But he made a great point where he was saying that if you look back at most first WWE title runs, not a whole lot really comes of them. He, and he referenced Edge's first WWE championship run. And he said that not a whole lot really happened in that. And he mentioned The Rock's first WWE championship run. I think he said it lasted like three months or something like that. So that was a great point, right? That maybe, just maybe, when Vince gives somebody a title run for the first time, maybe he's just testing out to see what they look like in that spot. How does the crowd respond to them, right? What type of feature player might this person potentially be? And I think Big E represented himself in that spot very well, by the way. You know, he showed that he can be um, a big star and, and a great representative of WWE outside of WWE programming. We saw him on college game day. We saw him at boxing events. You know, he really has done a great job presenting, you know, just, just representing not only the company, but also himself, like just as a genuine big star. So I don't think this is the end of Big E as a feature player, as a feature performer. I think Big E has a bright, bright future in the WWE going forward. And, you know, like I said, uh, I could totally, totally see a world in which Big E is challenging Bobby Lashley for the WWE Championship at WrestleMania. What do y'all think of that? Go ahead and drop it down in the comments below. Let me know. Go ahead and respond to me. Hit me at TW talking about on Twitter. Let me know if you think that's a, a, a way off prediction or if you think that's spot on. I don't know, man. I think I'm pretty right. So I don't know if you guys have been living under a rock for the past month or so, but um, your boy Tony Khan. 
he's been making a lot of news lately. <laughs> a lot of unnecessary news lately, I would say for sure. A lot of unnecessary news. And it's been coming in the form of a conversation around diversity. Now, um, why why is Tony Khan uh, wrapped up in a conversation about diversity? Well, I'm going to go ahead and run it back. And <clears throat> why am I running it back? Why am I talking about this now? That's a great question. Why am I talking about this now when this all took when all this all started probably about two weeks ago? I'm gonna tell you why I'm talking about this after this is a story that started about two weeks ago. Because sometimes it's good to sit back and and let things play out. Let other people have their say. Sometimes it's good to see what some of the pundits have to say. Sometimes it's good to see what some of the respected voices have to say. And you don't always have to be first, right? Being first is not nearly as important as being right, right? right? And, and, and this is not being right in terms of, you know, thumping your chest, uh, thumping your chest saying you know oh look at me i got this right uh i'm correct i was the first one with the news like no 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 no. it's not getting it right in the sense of i was correct like this is a trivia contest it's about getting it right in terms of having the right information delivering the right information to everyone who's listening and speaking on it from an educated perspective that's what you want to do. You want to talk about things from an educated perspective. Now, thank, thank you, children. Thank you, children. Uh, like I said, I want to talk about this from an educated perspective. And what I think is very important to do when you want to talk about things from an educated perspective is, like I said, let people have their say. See where people stand on things, right? Um, instead of, you know, making unfounded accusations and unfounded claims and calling people names, right? That type of thing. That th type of thing is not productive. So instead of doing any of that, what I chose to do is sit back and do what wrestling fans love to say and just let it play out, right? Let it play out. Let's see how, let's see, let's see where things are going. So I'm going to do a little timeline and run this back for you. Okay. So big swole, she did a podcast talking about her decision to not resign with AEW. Okay. And in her podcast, she said that she was very complimentary of the company. You know, she said great things about Tony Khan, how generous and gracious he was, and, and all that other stuff. But she mentioned that. AEW had a problem with diversity. This is what she said she told them in her exit interview. And I'm paraphrasing here, so, you know, excuse me if I don't get a quote correct here. But she said that she told them that, you know, AEW has a problem with representation in the sense that they don't have people who look like her, you know, in the room being decision makers 
And when they do, when they as a company do something um, that appears targeted towards black people, it doesn't come off as authentically black. Okay. And so she said this, and this was, you know, uh, presented as a headline when, when different wrestling websites were reporting on Big Swole's podcast and Tony Khan took a headline and turned it into a firestorm because he responded to her tweet by attacking her, right? He responded, he quote tweeted her and said basically, hey, uh, AEW doesn't have a diversity problem because we've got all these brown people, right? We've got, um, he said, uh, me and Mega who uh, are the top two executives and we're quote unquote brown people. And then he, then he lists all the black talent who had won on AEW television that month, which by the way, if you can list all the black talent that's won on your TV in a month, you're not doing a great job with diversity and inclusion. Let's just go ahead and just get that out there on the carpet right there. Um, then he says, by the way, I didn't resign Big Swole because her wrestling wasn't good. So he turned this into an attack on her, right? And then, um, because this train is never late, there was the parade of black wrestlers, um, you know, jumping in front of the bullets for Tony Khan. I beg your pardon. Yes, no, I mean, they were, they were, listen, that train, Dr. Dr. Umar, listen, that train is never late, okay, that train is never late, you had Powerhouse Hobbs, you know, going out of his way to tweet about how nice Tony Khan has been to him, Uh, you know, how being there since, you know, he lost the, I think he said his mom or grandma, somebody, you know, close to him, you know, um, uh, condolences to Hobbs and his family, um, and then he talked about Tony Khan putting him in big spots. You know, I guess he meant like uh, jobbing out to Orange Cassidy in eight seconds. You know, some of those big spots that that Powerhouse Hobbs has been in. And um, and and then he 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 puts the condescending line of, "If you had a problem, you could have reached out." I beg your pardon. I mean, come on, brother, give me a break. I beg your pardon. I, yeah, yo, he had the nerve to say that. <laughs> like, so again. You can you can uh, you can talk about your experience without trying to invalidate someone else's experience, right? Like you can say that having uh, experiences of prejudice has not been my experience, which, by the way, is not what Big Swole said. She didn't say I've had experiences of prejudice she didn't say people have been calling me names or doing this or doing that she just said that when we do black things it doesn't come across as authentic and by the way by the way it was i think a day after this tweet came out that this is the same company that sent Brandy Rhodes out on TV to call herself a black bitch. I just want I, so I so so if Big Swole is tripping, if Big Swole is tripping, then you tell me if Tony Khan would want his you know wife, mother, daughter, sister, anybody to go out on TV and call herself a Pakistani bitch. 
Just tell me. Because I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Maybe in, in Pakistani culture, that's considered a sign of honor, right? But listen, we were all watching, and we saw what Brandy Rose went out there and did, and that was not anything empowering, right? Like, we know Jade Cargill goes there. She says, I'm that bitch, right? And then, you know, Britt Baker even, she goes out there and says, I'm the baddest bitch on the block, right? And we know that that is not the same thing as Brandy Rose saying, I'm a black bitch. Oh, hell <laughs> I mean, look, that's that's how I felt when we saw the Brandy Rose thing, right? She, I'm a black bitch, and I'm immediately, oh, immediately, oh hell no, nah, right? Like, I mean, like yo, it, it it didn't look empowering. It didn't look, you know, uh, strong or or funny or anything like that, right? You put this woman out here in a segment where a white man is running her down calling her a stripper, all of this, right? And then she finishes off with, I'm a black bitch. Oh, hell no. I'm just asking, if a black woman is sitting here telling you that we don't do a good job recognizing when we're doing things that don't look good to black people, and then you do that, and then you want to Follow that up by running a smear campaign on her because she just told you her experience and she told you her experience and coupled that with something that everybody can see. And I think that's the part that's lost in this conversation is what she said is stuff we can all see. But here's the part that I want to talk about. The part that I want to talk about is... I sat back and I listened to, you know, various podcasts that I like that I enjoy. You know, Solomonster Sounds Off. I really, in particular, I really enjoy Solomonster Sounds Off. That's one of my favorite podcasts. If you guys don't listen to that podcast, go check it out. Go download it, subscribe to it, follow the YouTube channel, all of the, all all of that stuff. Tell them I sent you, right? Um, and I really appreciate hearing uh, the Solomonster talk about matters that involve race because I think there is a void of white people's voices talking about matters of race in an intelligent way, in a thoughtful way. But even my good friend, the salt, I don't really know the guy, but even my favorite wrestling podcaster, the Solomonster, he got this way wrong. He got this way wrong. And another another podcast that I listen to, the Busted Open podcast, right? Again, I, I appreciate that podcast. You know, a lot of those guys, old school wrestling heads, you know, guys who have experience in the business. And a lot of times I appreciate their viewpoints on stuff because they can talk about stuff, you know, kind of affectionately, but uh, affectionately, intelligently. Um, but one of the one of the problems with them is they have Tony Khan for a guest spot every week. So they're kind of beholden to Tony Khan, right? Like they're not going to go out on, on their show and say something uh, insulting to Tony Khan because not only do they have Tony Khan as a guest every week, they're beholden to him for that guest spot every week. They also have Mark Henry for, uh, as one of their hosts. I think he hosts the show every Thursday or Wednesday or one of those days. So, they're kind of in a tough spot right there, but I still don't think there's any problem with being here for the truth. 
Because the truth is the truth. And you can tell the truth and stand on your truth. And even if people don't like it, you still have the truth. I don't think there's... Uh, so if people don't like the truth, right? They can move on and they can turn away from it, but it's still going to be there when they get back because it's the truth, right? Like, I mean, that's just, that just is what it is. So where did these uh, very high quality podcasters get this wrong? I'm going to tell you where they got this wrong. In listening to Big Swole's comment, Big Swole said that, you know, she mentioned in her exit interview that AEW has a problem with diversity, okay? And everyone chose to jump all over that word diversity. Now, why? Why? Because they were right in jumping on the word diversity because by definition, by definition, AEW is very diverse, right? AEW is diverse. Diversity is all the ways people within a group differ from one another and AEW has diversity right like again uh the lucha bros were the tag team champions and they have ty conti and they have um um sammy guevara and it doesn't matter if they look like white people it just matters that they're, they're they have spanish last names and uh you know it doesn't matter if they have any dealings with american prejudice or racism or recoy, re, re, can any way relate to the things that black people deal with in terms of you know racial prejudice in this country they're considered brown people so yes aw does have diversity but you know where aw lacks they lack inclusion inclusion actions that help all feel welcome and respected and you know where else they lack they lack equity equity giving everyone what they need to succeed now when it comes to the way black wrestlers are presented do black wrestlers get treated in a way that makes everyone feel included like are they would you, would you say that there's any black talent that's gotten as much tv time as dr Britt baker dmd would you say there's any black talent matter of fact let's go back to big swole right big swole who tony khan says can't wrestle is who he put dr Britt baker dmd with when she needed to develop right when Britt baker needed to develop and she needed a program somebody to work with he put her with big swole now big swole couldn't wrestle why would you put big swole with uh with, with someone who is clearly one of your prized assets someone who you had big plans for and were trying to develop into one of the pillars of your company why would you put big swole with someone who's that important to you if she couldn't wrestle now, have you seen any black talent, male male or female, been given as much time as Dr. Britt Baker, DMD? Have you seen any black talent, male or female, been given as many as as many uh, co-stars as Dr. Britt Baker, DMD? She's she's had the opportunity to work with Thunder Rosa, who's an absolutely amazing talent, several times. The matches with Thunder Rosa absolutely made Britt Baker, right? She's been given uh, Tony Schiavone to prop her up in segments when she could barely get her lines off. She's been given uh, Rebel as her comedic effect, right? She's now been given Jamie Hayter as her um, as her muscle slash somebody who they're going to do a, a, a turn on program with. Okay, the, Dr. Britt Baker has been giving every, every 
opportunity and plot device to help her succeed. Tell me one black wrestler who's been who's been given that. Now, Jade Cargill, right? Jade Cargill has been given every opportunity to succeed. She's been given lots of tools to succeed. But other than Jade Cargill, okay, again, tell me. Who's a black talent who's been given that kind of time, that kind of treatment, presented in that kind of way? You can't find one. You could you could mention Dante Martin. I think he's won a match like in the last two weeks. So you know, good for Dante Martin. Uh, he was one of the last two people in that battle royal. Okay, that's that 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 was cool. Even though that was just to serve him up to MJF the following week. But yeah, you know, look. You know, you can name the black talent, oh, Scorpio Sky, uh, the acclaimed, uh, you know, whatever, Will Hobbs, right? But how many, if any of those talents are presented as strong contenders for anything? It's not about saying, oh, we need a black world champion. Because as WWE has shown us, you can give a black person the world championship and not do shit with them, okay? <laughs> okay? is Giving a black person the world championship does not create a... Uh, Inclusion, it does not create equity. What creates inclusion and equity is telling good stories with these people, okay? Like presenting them like like a jungle boy, right? Like uh, presenting them like a Britt Baker, presenting them like an MJF. It's not about having the title. It's about being presented as a strong, credible character. That's all it is, people. That's all it is. Okay, so when we talk about uh, diversity, sure, checkbox diversity, but everybody wanted to jump on the word diversity, but everybody knew, everybody knew that that's not what she meant. She wasn't saying that there's not different kinds of people at AEW, but you all knew that. You heard that and you knew that, but then you circled right back to diversity. Because you knew that she was talking about the treatment and presentation of black wrestlers on AEW television, but that wasn't comfortable. You guys were more comfortable doing to uh, Big Swole in this conversation what people decided they wanted to do to Colin Kaepernick with the anthem protest. That's right. Y'all did the same thing to Big Swole with this diversity comment that the people wanted to do to Colin Kaepernick with the anthem protest because it was easier to talk about the anthem and the flag and all that nonsense than to talk about the racism at the heart of the issue. Just, you know, drop in my comments when I'm telling a lie. When, when something I'm saying is not correct, please jump in and correct me. Let me know. Let me know. Because I know everything I'm saying is true, and you know everything I'm saying is true, okay? But it was much easier for y'all to say, well, uh, no, AEW is diverse. They they got the Lucha Bros, and uh, they got this guy, and they got this guy, and uh, I think this guy's from um, from Wales, and you know, <laughs> all every excuse in the world, but when you knew what she was talking about was the presentation of black wrestlers, and then you try to, some people tried to boil it way down to say, oh, oh well, she just wants a black world champ, and I saw a lot of people there was some idiot in my mentions on Twitter the other day talking about, oh, you guys just complaining because there's not a black world champ. Like, come on, man. Come on. Yes, I mean, for real. But all the, there's been so many black people that I've seen just in the, uh, the course of this conversation who have made it their business to try and jump out in front of these bullets for AEW and for Tony Khan. And I just don't get it. I don't understand what you are getting out of this. Like, I mean, is, is there a paycheck in it for you from Tony Khan? Because if there is, then more power to you. Get your money. 
Okay, get your money. But here's something that everybody needs to understand about this conversation, okay? About this conversation and really about any conversation. You can support something and also still challenge it to be better. I'm going to say that again. I'm going to say that again. You can support something and still challenge it to be better. I know that's probably mind blowing for a lot of y'all because a lot of y'all don't seem to get, don't seem to understand this concept that you don't have to blindly support everything you like. Okay. Just cause you like a rapper doesn't mean you, you, you're going to turn a blind eye when he does something foul, something wild when he beats up a woman or, you know, throws his baby mom out in the street or, you know, whatever says some wild stuff about, you know, some, some, some protected group right like i mean you do not have to blindly defend something because you like it because you support it okay just because you like aew wrestling it doesn't mean that you have to turn a blind eye to obvious glaring issues that we can all see okay we can all see these things we can all see the stuff that Big Swole was talking about. And it doesn't mean that you like the product any less. As a matter of fact, if you actually like the product, it makes sense for you to hold them accountable for the things they need to get better at. And you know why it makes sense? Because these big corporations, they respond to this kind of pressure. And especially this one, because you know how I know. You know how I know. If you look at AEW TV this past week, after this controversy has had a few days to, to, to simmer and boil, what did we see? We saw as many black acts as possible get used on AEW TV. I think they dug up Jay Lethal. They signed Jay Lethal from ROH and then buried him in a back closet for like a month. I saw Jay Lethal on, on AEW TV, I think twice this week. I couldn't believe it. It's like the lost and found. Okay. And that's not by accident, right? They used the acclaim on TV this week. They used uh, Hobbs and Starks and Dante Martin. They used all these guys this week. They used Red Velvet. They used Nyla Rose. They used uh, as much black talent as I guess they could stomach. You know, Tony Khan has probably got his um, <laughs> got his meters out there. He's trying to see how many black people he can put on TV before he thinks he loses all his white audience. I guess that's what he thinks is going to happen, right? Like, I can't understand why you'd be so opposed to using black talent. But I have to assure you, Tony Khan, there's this guy named Will Smith. He's made millions upon millions at the box office. And you can't do that if white people aren't going to see your movies too, Okay. Will Smith, Denzel Washington, okay? I think Black Panther is one of the highest grossing Marvel movies of all time. White people aren't going to run away if there's black people on their screens, okay? Don't be afraid to use your black talent. It's okay. It is okay. It's a thing. And for the fans out there in the wrestling world, please, stop trying to jump in front of these bullets for these millionaires and billionaires who don't give a damn about you. They don't give a damn about you. Anybody deserves a coon award. It is your ass, boy. <laughs> listen, I didn't, Dr. Umar, listen, you are, don't, you, you, you wilding on these people, okay? You don't got to take it that far. But I feel where you're coming from. Listen, these people don't, <laughs> you don't have to, uh, 
you if you hear something somebody say something bad about AEW, you don't have to make it your mission to get out there and defend the company. You just don't. You don't. It's not your job. They got PR people who get paid very well to help them fight off the bad press. You don't have to be the one out here attacking other black people to protect your precious favorite wrestling show. It's just there's there's no point to it. There's really no point to it. Okay, um, and that brings me to uh, another thing that was kind of a hot topic. Is this? <laughs> oh, you know I had to talk about this. Okay, <clears throat> so when he was able to take a breath from smearing Big Swole's name, uh, Mark Henry let it leak that AEW was working on a mixtape for Black History Month. Yeah, that's something we all wanted, right? The AEW mixtape for Black History Month. Please, please, inject it into my veins. How fast can I get it? Please. Um, And listen, of course... Of course people raised an eyebrow at this, okay? Of course people raised an eyebrow at this. People, people, listen, if somebody told you that a company, let's take AEW out of it. Since AEW offends your sensibilities, the word AEW gets you guys so defensive. If somebody told you that a company that has proven to be racially problematic or do racially problematic things, like send a black woman on TV to call herself a black bitch. If somebody told you that a company like that was doing a mixtape for Black History Month, that wouldn't give you pause? That would not give you pause? I mean, any reasonable person can understand why people would say... When they heard about something like this, okay? But what we got instead was a lot of black people who had some sort of close association to people who would be working on this project going out of their way to defend any criticisms of the idea. And... I want to take you guys into an interaction that I had, okay? I want to take you guys into an interaction that I had regarding this conversation. So, there was a... One of the the first people I saw tweeting about this, uh, there was an account, um, I believe it was DDT Divas. Shout out to DDT Divas. And when I saw them tweet about this, I responded with a tweet that said, hey, you know... Do you have confidence that AEW can do this in a way that connects with a black audience? And if so, what is it that you've seen that will help you, you know, have this confidence, right? That's not an attacking question. It was an honest, reasonable question, right? And she linked me to some uh, tweets about some people who would be working on it. Basically said that, you know, lots of black people will be working on it, which is fine, right? But then... There was someone else who actually was going to be working on the project who responded to the tweet and he said, for the most part, AEW has been hands off with this. 
And that made all the difference. When you tell me that the people who send a black woman on TV to call herself a black bitch are going to be hands off with the Black History Month mixtape, I'm all for it. These things are not hard to put together, people. These things are not hard to put together. And it makes perfect sense if you will just allow yourself to stop and listen. But instead, what we got in response to that was account after account of black person after black person deciding that they wanted to jump out and be the defenders of Tony Khan. And to me, listen, like I'm not into uh, publicly slandering black people. It's just not how I get down. Um, I'm always down to, you know, have conversations, um, grown up conversations, right? In public or or in private, mostly in private. Because again, if a conversation gets to a point where some, you know, some some harsh things have to be said, I'd much rather not do it in a public space. That's just not how I get down. You know what I'm saying? That's just not how I get down. But I had tons of people, okay, a reasonable amount of people really just coming at me in opposition to the idea of how could I question such things. And listen, man, if that's how you get down, that's how you get down. Um, To me, I don't see the benefit in putting down black people to try try and secure your position next to the money okay like i said before these companies have pr firms whose job it is to try and handle bad press but for black people to be out here attacking other black people who have reasonable questions about a company with a poor history of doing uh problematic representation for black people is just not a good look i don't know how else to say it it's not a good look and um but listen as black people always do i'm still gonna be here you know what i mean like i'm still gonna be here for y'all you know after y'all have your experience trying to get close to daddy and he turns you away reminds you that you're not his favorite child when he reminds you that he would much rather cater to his other audience as opposed to you and that there is no kickback on the back end for this for you um me we the black audience will still be here and we'll still accept you because we all got those family members who are a little funny you know what i mean but we still love you no matter what so i'm here i see you and i love you um (laughs) time to talk about what i am watching and, of course, the NFL playoffs start this week. So, you know, I'm keeping an eye on that. Um, if you guys get a chance to check out the OG Sports and Culture, um, it's coming out, should be out very soon on YouTube, the Open Gym Sports and Culture Show. I made my Super Bowl picks, and my Super Bowl picks are already in shambles because one of my Super Bowl picks was the Dallas Cowboys. I know. Ah! I picked the Cowboys because I just thought it was time. I just thought it was time. I feel like Krusty the Clown. Uh, <laughs> I feel like Krusty the Clown. Um, he bet on the Washington Generals because he felt like they were due. And I felt like that's what I did with the Cowboys. I mean, like, I said, look, man, they had that offensive line for a long time. That line is starting to fall apart. 
they, you know, they got Dak, they got all these receivers, they got Zeke Elliott, he's about to be on decline, I feel like it's now or never for the Cowboys, and guess what? It's probably going to be never. Um, this looked like it was the time, and it just didn't happen, man. It didn't happen. There was some questionable, you know, ball spotting by the referees towards the end of the game, but it never should have came down to that. You know what I mean? Like, Cowboys got all the firepower in the world. They got all the star power in the world. They should have put that game away long before the refs had a chance to take it out of their hands, but they didn't. And so, Cowboys fans, um, another year of Stephen A. Smith laughing at you. Good luck and enjoy that. My other Super Bowl pick, though, is still looking kind of strong. I picked the Buffalo Bills to make a run, and the Bills absolutely destroyed their first-round opponent. It was the New England Patriots. And by the way, getting a chance to see Bill Belichick take that L. Oh, oh. Chef's kiss. It was amazing. I enjoyed it. I had no problems with that. Um, <laughs> so we'll see how this plays out going forward. Now that the Cowboys are out of it, who was, you know, admittedly kind of, uh, kind of a, I'm not gonna say emotional pick, but I was just kind of, you know, I was shooting. I was shooting. I was, I was, I was, I was covering my eyes and throwing a dart. If I had to reshuffle and pick today. I think the NFC representative is going to be the, I want to say the Packers. I want to say the Packers, but I'm not going to lie to you. I, I'm not, I'm going to tell you guys something. Maybe this is like um, Stockholm syndrome, <sighs> but I can't bet against Tom Brady. I can't, I can't do it. I Listen, I'm a Jets fan. I'm a miserable Jets fan. And I've just seen too many years of Tom Brady just pulling wins out of nowhere. I can't bet against Tom Brady. So um, I'm reshuffling my Super Bowl picks. Right now, I'm picking the Bills and the Buccaneers for the Super Bowl. So go ahead and lock that in. And let's see uh, Let's see where, where that is. You know, either next week we'll be saying I'm a genius or you might be saying... I'm probably not the guy to be taking your, uh, your betting advice from. But that's what I'm going with right now, okay? The Bills don't look like they have a glaring weakness. And the Bucks have Tom Brady. And as long as you have Tom Brady, you always have a chance. You know what I mean? Like, not only a chance, probably a high probability to win. So that is what it is. Um, aside from the NFL playoffs, I got to tell you, man, the thing I'm watching the most that has my attention the most is, um, is Power Book 2 Ghost. Oh, my God. Yo, this dude, Tariq. Yo, <laughs> this dude, Tariq. Um, is there anybody this dude won't turn his back on? Nope. Is there anybody Tariq won't betray? Nope. I, I mean, is there anybody at all that he won't double, triple, quadruple tr- cross to get what he wants? Nope. I, I mean, look, Tariq. You know, he he had, uh, who's the girl? Is it Diana? Is that her name? Yeah, Diana. That's Monet's daughter. But then it's the other girl, the girl at school. And, you know, that you can tell that's, that's, that's the good girl. That's the girl he should end up with. You know what I mean? The girl who has his best interest at heart. But he keeps dissing her. She keeps dissing him. You know, on, on, on this week's episode, uh, Diana came to the room. He let her in the room. 
right as he was shutting the door in Shorty's face. Oh my God, Tariq. Yo, listen. Tariq is a Tariq is a turd. This dude is definitely a turd, but but you know what? She gonna keep coming back to him. It's like when he slammed that door in her face. That made her like extra hot for him. So now she feels like she got to get, get him back because not only did he shut the door in her face, but he shut the door in her face as he was letting Diana in. So she's going to feel the extra, extra, extra need to make sure she's getting back in his good graces. So uh, I'm looking forward to see <laughs> how that plays out. Um, I mean, also... Can we talk about Monet for a minute? Monet is messy. Boy, Monet is messy. Monet got her husband who got out of jail, who she didn't know because Diana, you know, pulled the okie doke on her. She got Kane, who she kicked out the house, who now she's working with. That's the only one who, you know, is is, is on her side at this point because everybody else is, uh, everybody else is kind of realizing that she was with the bull crap. And now she got her 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 secret lover who's Zeke's real father and she's at odds with him too ooh wee ooh boy this is yo this is this is extra messy if you like messy this is for you if you like messy this season of power is for you uh so i'm enjoying it man me and my wife are enjoying it this is a good show um and yeah man like they they keeping it entertaining for sure like this just um if you guys looking for something fun to watch you know definitely power book two ghost you know what i mean this is a, a a fun show let me know what y'all think about the show go ahead and drop your your comments down in the in the comment section let me know tweet at me let me know what you think about this show this is something i'm enjoying right now um i saw a trailer for uh something on hulu that i'm looking forward to i think it's called women of the movement i can't wait to check that out it's um a different take on uh the Emmett Till story um from the perspective of you know his mom I guess you know um and yeah I can't wait to see it man I saw a lot of a lot of great commentary on it um that was executive produced by Jay-Z and Will Smith so yeah man I think that's gonna be a big deal and I can't wait to check it out um so let's see I don't really got a whole lot else, man. That's our show. That's what we got for you. Um, thank you guys so much for following the show. Um, like I said, please like, comment, rate, and subscribe no matter what platform you're listening to this on. Um, drop this in somebody's Facebook comments. Drop it in a Facebook group. Drop it into a Reddit chat. Uh, send it to somebody who might think I'm brilliant. Send it to somebody who might think I'm an idiot. Either way, I'm here for the smoke. Um, the best thing you can do for this show is tell a friend to tell a friend. Let's bring more people into the conversation. Um, you can follow the show at Talking About Pod on Twitter. You can follow me at TW Talking About. And yeah, thank you guys so much for spending a few minutes for, with me. There is so much content out here in this digital world in the audio space. And I appreciate you letting me be a part of your day. Until next time, I'm TW. Peace.